0: Welcome to the Intentional Encourager Podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome to the Intentional Encourager Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us today. This is a personal treat for me because I have with me today on the Intentional Encourager Podcast A dear friend, a mentor, my former boss at uh, a university that we worked at, and uh, all-around great guy, speaker, trainer, leader. Uh, His book, Seven Ways to More, is available. You want to pick that up. And I'm talking this morning to Brian Willett, and Brian joins me now. Brian, welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast. We're recording this in the midst of COVID-19. So, how are you coping in Dallas, Texas, with COVID-19? Well,
1: you know, it's been a challenge, obviously. Um, you know, working – you know, I'm used to working from home, but, um, you know, everybody's in panic mode, and, you know, rightfully so. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. And so, it's a, it's a little bit challenging, but I will say we're blessed that business is uh, moving forward. So um, – That's a good thing. I literally was on an all-hands call yesterday with our organization and, you know, things are moving well. So, um, my hope is like everyone's hope. We get through this thing here and we get back to work and get uh, our economy back going again, so.
0: You've been in situations in leadership where you've had to be creative and and unusual times call for unusual measures and and creativity is heightened. I'll ask you this to kind of put your leadership hat on for just a second. How does a successful leader lead through crises like this? What what does that look like to in in communication to your team?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is is you know I go back to transparency um, and and transparency meaning you know if if you lead with transparency the time meaning everything is open to discussion right you you communicate to everybody everything that's what is going on Uh, that when you get to a crisis everybody's already pretty aware right and then you know you take it a step further and you you know communicate you know if you will the play-by-play even during that crisis and you see a lot of that going on right now obviously with um, the daily White House pressers, and uh, you see a lot of governors across the United States, you know, communicating on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, that's the right thing to do. And, and I think in an organization, if you're leading a team, I think that's always the right thing to do. Uh, to this day, no matter what employee engagement survey or any kind of survey you see, the biggest thing that always comes up is we want more communication. And so transparency and communication. One of the things I, I say is uh, when it comes to the, you know, the profit and loss statement for an organization, that should be shared with everybody. Uh, yeah. Because if, if people know, and, and there are certain things you probably can't share, but the, bo- the bottom line is, is if you're showing everybody in the organization where you stand as far as revenue goes, expenses, et cetera, I just think when you get to a crisis situation people realize, you know, where we are. And yeah. I think people are smart enough to say, man, we got to do things differently and I think it would elevate everybody's game yeah. in the organization,
0: right? So, well, creativity there there are there are things born out of necessity and creativity gives you that opportunity to or necessity rather gives you that opportunity yeah. to be more creative to be more flexible, to be more nimble. What do you see – what do you think the single biggest takeaway is going to be kind of put a crystal ball? I think what what I see coming out of this, Brian, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. I see us returning to more made-in-the-USA goods from this. What do you think the biggest takeaway from this, when it's all over with, what do you see as the biggest takeaway from this situation?
1: Yeah. Well, I'd you, the biggest situation or the biggest takeaway is, um, is going to be, we got to learn from it. Um, and you know, I, I was, uh, and I posted about this on LinkedIn, um, uh, but I was speaking with, um, a girl that, uh, at the coffee shop that I go to every week. And, you know, we were talking about finances, you know, a couple of weeks ago, right. Right. Kind of the, when this started and, and I said, um, and she was talking about, you know, some people just can't, you know, that their income is cut off when and, and they're going to be in a situation where, um, you know, they're, they don't have any money coming in. And I said, well, you know, that's the difference during these times. You got to learn from it. So next time, because there's going to be a next time, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, that you got to be prepared for it. Uh, so when the income is cut off, you know, you have some reserves or you have, Something else there, and I think the United States in general, we as a people, we're going to have to learn from this. That you know, next time this happens, we got to be prepared, and so there'll be a plan. Um, maybe there'll even be a vaccine if that's possible. And obviously, yeah. I'm not a doctor, but you know, I think being better prepared, and and so yeah, and and some structural changes like you're talking about as well.
0: You know, well, and and again, I I think. You know, I don't want to say these are unprecedented times. I've tried to avoid keeping myself away from unprecedented times because the Bible tells us that there's nothing new under the sun. And so I think if you start talking about unprecedented times, then I think that starts adding to the fear and the panic because people are going, my goodness, how do we react to something that's unprecedented? And I think the biggest thing, Brian, I want to get your thoughts on this before we move on is how do you control reaction inside of a team when there is, when what they hear externally, you're managing a team of people and they're hearing externally unprecedented. uh, They're hearing a pandemic. They're hearing words. They're not used to hearing when you get them internally how do you filter away that noise and say, okay, we've got to focus on what we can focus on? Yeah. Well, I, you know,
1: if in today's world, you know, if you get on Facebook or Twitter or anything else, yeah, I mean, it, it's there. Um, and, and so I believe it's even a bigger challenge maybe because of all that for a leader. Um, and, and so really, I believe all you can really do is try to be the voice of reason.
0: That's a great point.
1: You know, so when when we're here in this environment, we're not going to allow that into this environment. And, you know, I think as a leader, you know, you got to go above and beyond, right, Uh, to create –
0: you know, yeah, you've got to self-quarantine your people, so to speak.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and, and the bottom line is, is you're not going to be able to make them live in this bubble, right? But at yep. least for uh, when they're in this bubble together, we're gonna create a certain atmosphere within this bubble. Well you got
0: yeah, yeah, you and I don't mean to interrupt you, but but you what you're saying is while you're here and you're self-quarantine, you know, we're 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 gonna we're gonna keep you safe. One, we're gonna keep you safe. We're going to make sure you have everything you need. We're going to make sure that you're healthy emotionally and healthy from a work standpoint and that you have all the supplies. You know, people were stocking up in our area, Brian, on toilet paper and, and snacks and things like that because they if they were quarantined... And I think to some degree, leaders have to do the same thing for their teams. They have to stock up on the good resources that they have internally, so that their people do feel safe and secure inside of that work environment.
1: Sure, and I think it goes back to you know that transparency thing and communication. You know, you got to really double down and and put more reassurance. You know, as much as you can, right? Um, right. You don't want to over overstate the case, if you will, uh, but you know to give as much reassurance as possible.
0: Now I want to get into your background. I I know. A, a good bit of your background, having known you for a long time, but but those in our audience that don't know you, you're not a native Texan. No. Uh, to, you know, tell <laughs> take us through a little bit of your story, Brian, how you got uh, from where you were to where you are today um, down in, in the Dallas area. Yeah, so I guess if we go back, you
1: know, born and raised in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, um, you know, went to... You know, went to high school like most people. You know, a nice solid B minus C student. Uh, <laughs> hey, I got to
0: I I, I got to jump in here. Did you ever think you'd see a day where the Kentucky Derby wasn't run the first Saturday in May? You know, I, I didn't. You know, as, as many,
1: <laughs> you know, throughout my life, as many times as you know, the first Saturday in May in, in Louisville, Kentucky, you never know what kind of storms you're going to get. Yeah. You know, it's always a crapshoot and you're always like, Is this thing gonna go off today? Yeah. And <laughs> you know, you'd wake up on those Saturdays thinking that. But Yeah, you grew up not far from, from Churchill Downs too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few miles. And uh, but you know, went to uh, didn't you know, didn't go to college right out of high school, ended up going to a trade school, got a two year degree, uh, got a really good job, uh, went back to school, ended up getting a bachelor's degree.
0: Um, what was your it, motivation at the time of wanting to go back you, you you said and most people go through this Brian they feel like they've got enough you know I've got enough of an education to get to put me in the job that I'm in and you you just said you had a really good job but obviously you wanted something more for your life what was that push that you gave yourself internally to go back to school and get your bachelor's degree
1: yeah, you know, I guess the, you know, timing has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, when you're 18, 19, you know, there was a lot of evolution and a lot of growth for me between eighteen, nineteen to twenty-one, twenty-two. 22. Um, but, you know, I just looked around and said, you know, I really got to separate myself. Uh, I was working in an, uh, an environment, a union environment, um, you know. Um, I worked for a, a defense contractor right after 9-11. So if you think back to right after 9-11, yeah. you know, it was basically, you know, you can work as much as you want if you work for a defense contractor. I'm just being yeah. honest. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I looked around and said, well, this company's got some pretty good benefits. I need to take advantage of it. And uh, I was the one person out of a couple hundred people in the, in the union um, and, and, you know, again, nothing against unions, but, you know, everyone gets paid the same, uh, you know, on a scale based off seniority. And I just said, that's philosophically, yeah. I just, you know, didn't necessarily want to live in that environment for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know? And so I said, how can I separate myself? And so, you know, went back to school and got a bachelor's degree.
0: And, you know, you know, and that's the funny thing, too, is, is you said, you know, when when you work for defense contractor after 9-11 and, you know, a lot of younger people think, well, we've and that's why I was talking about a few few minutes ago, people saying these are unprecedented times. You know, I can remember after 9-11, man, that, uh, you know, we we hadn't seen anything like that on U.S. soil right. before that event happened. And now we've got the COVID-19 situation. We said, well, we haven't seen anything like that, but if you if you think back, it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, we lost 3,000 plus Americans on one day, literally within about 30 wow. what yeah. 30, yeah. Yeah. yeah in New York, at least 30 to 40 minutes, and then you know y- you think about those events, I don't mean to to detour us, but you know, the first tower gets hit then the second tower gets hit, then the Pentagon. And that's happening within about 45 minutes of each other that all those things occur. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, we have been through situations like this. So you get your bachelor's degree. Now what happens for Brian Willett? Where where does life take you from there?
1: Yeah, so uh, I ended up working for – uh going to work for the university where I graduated from and uh you know started working out in it uh working in admissions and uh next thing you know you know it was about a 10 year period there of you know just rocket growth if you will for me you know the the university was growing the university was evolving um and so, my career when I landed there was able to do the same thing, so I had some good leaders that came on board uh prevent- you know presented me some opportunities and so I was able to grow within the organization um as well as grow personally and professionally and so
0: I want to step back for a minute when you were working in that that job that you had and you were going to school at night and you were getting your bachelor's degree. Did you find yourself conflicted and said, you know, because I think some people when they take on a new opportunity and it gets a hold of them, there's some internal conflict where they say, man, what I have is really good and stable. You, you mentioned you had a great job, but then you're opening yourself up to this whole new world that is, that is enticing and and there's some romance to it, if you will. Did you, how did you internalize those conflicts within you? Because I'd have to think it was natural to kind of have that internal conflict while you were obtaining your bachelor's degree.
1: Sure. Well, with anything new, I believe, um, you know, with something like, you know, let's just say getting continued education or development or working out, whatever it is, right? You're giving up something to get something else. And where most people make the mistake is, uh, they lack the level of commitment, right? And, yep. and so you got to make the commitment and say, I'm going to do this. And so when those challenges do come up, right, because they all are right, I mean, whether it's, you know, I got to work late, or life gets in the way a lot of variables. But you've already made the commitment and you're going to see it through. And mm-hmm. so sure. I mean, were there days where, I, well, I'm sick. Do I really want to, you know, what I, I took my PTO every day and I would um, and I we worked in a very congested area. So I would get, um, I would take 15 minutes. We were allowed to take 15 minutes of PTO every day uh, or I was, and I would leave work early. So I would miss, the 15, or I would get ahead of the traffic for 15 minutes, because I would have to go home, change, etc, before I would go to school. So again, a lot of friction, right between me and going to school. But you can overcome that friction. If your commitment is strong enough.
0: And my well, it's is, a, Yeah, it's a matter of head over heart, you know, because your heart says, I want to be doing schoolwork so I can get up out of here. And your head's going, but I've got to stay here until I get there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I just think it's the, you know, it's what we all are faced with, right? We're trying to do something, and especially when it comes to making ourselves better, right? It's not going to happen by accident. You know, you're just not going to go through your day and get a little bit better, right? Unless you make it intentional, right, which goes back to, The purpose of your podcast.
0: Yeah, intentional encouragement. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of which, we're talking to speaker, author, trainer, salesperson, Brian Willett. Uh, You can find Brian on LinkedIn. You can find him on Twitter at uh, bwillett79. If I could throw out your Twitter handle there. Sure. Um, A lot of different ways. Brian's book uh, is available called Seven Ways to More. Highly recommend that one. And uh, Brian, I met you in 2009 i remember the first time i met you we were in lexington kentucky yeah. and we go into this room a little smaller than the room i'm talking to you from <laughs> i mean it was it was a little bit bigger than a, a, a janitor's closet it was you and myself and a, a gentleman named joe linhart and i met you for the first time and and uh, that's how we got to know each other You led, you led a team at this university. You led a team of people for the first time you were managing people that lived in different parts of the country. Now as work from home is, is starting to become what people do. And a lot of people are doing it for the first time. What was it like leading people and keeping people motivated when, and, and, and there was no we didn't have zoom meetings at that time. We like you and I are on this morning. We didn't have a go to meeting and Skype. We had iPhones, but the FaceTime app was not, was still not yet available for that. What was that like leading coaching, mentoring and managing people that were that were remotely away from you on a day to day basis?
1: Well, you know, I have to, you know, be transparent here and tell you that, um, And at that time, I had not worked from home remotely like that, right? Yeah. And so I was conscious of it, and I was aware of the challenges and and things that I needed to do. Uh, But now I will say, obviously, how many years removed? A decade. But, you know, being in a similar position, you know, coming on board with a company being remotely and now working remotely, I've learned some lessons that would have really been good for me back then that I thought I knew, but I didn't necessarily know. But um, I think the biggest challenge is when you bring on new people, you know, trying to get them invested into your culture, um, trying to get them to uh, feel connected when they're new. you know, there's so many things we could have done differently back then. And we thought we were doing a lot of things. Well, um, you know, given the fact that we didn't have all of these technologies and maybe they existed, they just weren't as prevalent as they are today. Um, we would have probably have done some things differently, a lot of things differently, but you know, you just don't know until you know, you know, and so, um, but again, being on the other side of it now, um, there's some things you need to do, you know, like the organization, um, that I work for now, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to come on board, um, at a time when we all got together and I started thinking, I was like, what if I would have came on board a month later? Well, I wouldn't have had any connection because yeah. we haven't seen each other since. Right. Right. You know, eight months removed. Uh, But the fact that we, and so I was lucky enough then because I was able to make some connections and then you walk away with those connections. But if, if you have a remote employee, you got to figure out a way to get them connected because, you know, when they go back, they'll at least have someone because they're not going to come to their manager for everything. Right. So I know it was a long answer, but a lot of lessons
0: learned. (laughs) Well, no. And, and what you're really getting to the core of what you're really speaking to is keeping people one engaged and two encouraged, because again, you know, most people, this is, they've got kids running around in the background cause the kids are home from school and, and all the stuff they could manage after 5.00 PM. They're now having to manage from eight to five and then the, the five o'clock sure. starts. So no, I love that. I love that answer. You were with the university you were with for, uh, almost a decade or close to a decade. Um, I want to, I want to ask you, I want to ask you this and, and, um, you know, forgive me if I'm going a little too personal, but you, you had, you've had a couple tragedies in your life and and a part of this is intentional encouragement. You and I both share the fact that we lost our dad suddenly. Yeah. We've got that same, we've got that bond that we share. Uh, but when you were a, a teenager, you lost your older brother. Those tragedies that happened to you in your life, what what did you take from them? Because I know what I took when I lost my dad, some of the lessons that I learned, and I took from when I lost my dad. What did you take away from those things that happened to you? Because you had one happen early in your life, and then one in, in, in the middle of your 30s that, that happened to you.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, going back to, and, um, you know, what we were talking about earlier when I was working for the defense contractor and I decided to go back to school and all that. Um, well, that was not too long after, you know, my brother uh, was killed in a car accident. And so I think, you know, the, I think the combination of all of that, including that, you know is what sparked me you know your question was what made you go back to school what yeah you know how did you do that I think part of it was that uh, but I guess the, you know the biggest takeaway in, in that situation as well as um, you know with uh, my dad was you know this thing is pretty short uh, <laughs> you know yeah, and you know that you know you need to On some things and, uh, you know, make decisions quicker, uh, get to where you want to go quicker, Um, you know, maybe take more risks. Um, I'm not sure I was doing that necessarily at 20 or 19, but, um, you know, it just makes you think differently. Um, And, you know, you hate that you got to have that kind of tragedy change your perspective, right? But the reality of it is sometimes there's no other way to change your perspective, you know, given the current situation, right. Maybe we weren't thinking about, um, you know, what a pandemic would actually do to the economy. Right. Yep. But here we, we could have all these theories in a classroom about yep. what it could do, but until you actually go through it, you, you don't really know. Right. Yeah, that's and, right. And you know, it's like, You know, you could talk about running a business all day long in a classroom, right? And all these theories and all these would-bes and could-bes and stuff. But until you're in the midst of it, doing it,
0: you don't really know. (laughs) Well, and you and I are football fans, and, and what I would equate it to, people talk about the term in football, sudden change. So the offense throws an interception, quarterback throws an interception. And now all of a sudden your defense who was on the feet or on the sidelines getting some rest, now all of a sudden has got to put their helmets back on and go out and play defense and try to stop this momentum. And I don't think people understand sometimes in life, sudden change can be just it it takes you a little bit to get through it. And you, you don't know what you don't know in the moment. Like, you know, like what we were talking about earlier, in the moment, and there are going to be some people through this COVID-19 situation. Unfortunately, you know we've got people losing their lives over this. and, and, and it's happening from the, the early 30's. I heard of a couple uh, former college basketball players that, that unfortunately passed from the coronavirus all the way up into people in their 80s and 90s, obviously. So sudden change is going to happen. What do you say to someone that is facing a sudden change like that? What, what, what piece of advice would you give them to help them get through a situation where life just drops a bomb in their lap? Like what happened to us with our dads?
1: Yeah. You know, I would say the, the biggest thing is, is, you know, to take a step back. Uh, I know sometimes, You know, that's difficult to do, uh, but to take a step back and um, realize you don't have to make a decision immediately. Yep. You know, in most cases, you don't have to make a decision immediately. Um, And, you know, again, protect yourself, protect, you know, whatever you have to protect, whatever that is. Um, But after that, don't allow the hysteria and panic Uh, you know, cause you to make do more harm, you know, and uh, again, that's a lot of the discussions that are happening right now. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the biggest challenge with all of this is, you know, the uncertainty and, you know, so fear unfortunately uh, is driving a lot of decisions. And when fear is driving a lot of your decisions, I don't know how rational all of your decisions really are. And so when you're in a personal situation, you know, take a step back, you know, you will get up again, you will, there will be another day. uh, And don't think you have to do everything immediately.
0: What has been with the things you've gone through personally, professionally, and things like that? You are one of the most resilient people I know. What is your biggest source of resiliency? How do you get keep when you've had setbacks in your life, how have you gotten back up from those setbacks?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, you brought up, you know, my brother, you know, that setback. Um, you know, it was, you know, not dw- – I don't want to say not dwelling on it, but, you know, you, you, you take the appropriate time. And, and then you, you get a game plan to move to the next step. Right. You know, I, I, when, when that happened, you know, I was in the, in the middle of, I was almost finishing up my two year degree, my associate's degree. And um, i had gone to school with people, you know, for those two years that, you know, the slightest little bump in the road, right. They would, click, yeah, yep. you know, just something small and, know again you know this this was big but in the grand scheme of things you know what else was I going to do right 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 (laughs) that was what I had to do and so you know I took a few days off and went through you know the whole process obviously but you know I said I I gotta finish this right I gotta keep going I mean and and so to resiliency I think comes back to and at that time I wasn't, you know, conscientiously thinking about it, but you know, take me to today in the last let's just say 10 years the resiliency comes from the knowing what the bigger picture is. And so knowing that sure this is a setback, I'm still going here I know where that is. Yeah. You know, and um and just reminding yourself that this setback is, okay, maybe it took me a couple steps back, but I'm still going here. I know what that here is. Yeah. And that here or there, whatever you want to call it, that goal is I'm going there and nothing's going to prevent me from going there.
0: I've and got two so, – yeah, I've got two more questions for you around that. I want to know what is your why because everybody has a why – that that they function with, and and for me, when I read Simon Sinek's book, start with why. I started asking myself in a lot of situations, what's my why? So, what what is your why today, Brian? As we sit here in 2020, what is your why today?
1: Yeah, you know, I tell you, you know, it's so, you know, if I, it, it's hard to put it into actual words in some cases, you know, what what does it mean? Um, And, you know, the the best example that I can give you is, you know, my wife and I, we wanna be in position to where we could be um, more generous, right? Where we can be, um, we're financially, you know, economically, personally, whatever that is, um, where we don't have to, you know, we're not worried, right? Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean by that? We're, yeah. not, we're just not worried about, you know, things like this, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so what does that mean? Well, as much as people don't want to talk about money, money is a piece of it, right? Mm-hmm. Because we live on an economic planet. That's just the bottom line. Look around you today. Yep. We live that's on an economic, point. yeah, we live on an economic planet. All right. And so when you have, when, when that is taken care of, um, you can do a lot of other things. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, like yesterday we were able to be generous to two different families, right. That mm-hmm. are dealing with some struggles and you know, that's a, that's a big deal.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Last question. Thank you, man, so much for your time this morning. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this. What's your single biggest piece of intentional encouragement for, for somebody listening to this podcast? Maybe they've gone through what you and I have gone through, losing a parent, uh, having mm-hmm. sudden loss, things like that, going through job losses, um, going through something really rough. Or just, hey, I'm not sure what I want to do going from point A to point B. Maybe somebody is sitting there like yourself, Brian, and they're, they're trying to figure out how to make that move that you made early in your life that has set you up now into your 40s for the rest of your life. So what's your biggest or your best piece of intentional encouragement for somebody?
1: Hmm. Well, I think you know me pretty well that uh – you know, the best thing that I would say is to make sure you're feeding yourself the right information. Yeah. Uh, You know, and again, you know, the two of us, we get on Twitter and probably cut it up with people and, you know, listen to some of the negative, but at the end of the day, we can't, we, we have other things that, that keep us positive where we're feeding ourselves the right information. So, um, That would be number one. And, you know, typically it's going to be right real close around you, you know, it's the people in your life. Yeah. And then with social media, who you allow into your life, you know, so that would be number one is to make sure you're feeding yourself the the right information and positive information because we all need it. Um, And the second thing is, is, you know, to keep the bigger picture in mind. And if you don't know what that bigger picture is, you need to sit down and define what that is. Um, because, you know, I don't know who said it, but, uh, you know, if you don't know where you're going, the chances are, you're going to get there. Right. Yep. Um, but you know, if you write down really where you want to be, when you want to be there, what that looks like, how it looks, uh, then you can start working towards something and, uh, you know, I'll tell you, and you know this for me, I write the same 12 goals down every single day. And, you know, they, they give me encouragement for that day by writing them down every single day. It reminds me of what I need to do that day to, to get, you know, closer to where, wherever that is.
0: Yep. Well, and I will say this to those listening out there as well, too find people like Brian, who is an intentional encourager in your life. Find that person, whether it's a newer relationship or a long-term relationship like Brian and I have, be intentional in encouraging and reaching out and not only giving encouragement but receiving encouragement. And Brian's been an encourager to me many times, uh, and so man this has been so cool. I, I I am so glad we got to do this. And uh thank you. You were the one that pushed me. Uh you were you were one of those big encouragers in my life it's like man you've got to do a podcast and so here yeah. we are, you know. Here we are on the intentional encourager <laughs> podcast. So well Ryan, this is uh <laughs> this is right in your
1: wheelhouse. Uh this is what you're good at. Uh and uh, you're, you're intentional about it. So uh, I'm glad you're doing it.
0: Man, I can't thank you enough for, for hopping on this the, today and joining us. And, again, I would encourage you, connect with Brian on LinkedIn, on Twitter, at bwillit79. Um, you can find his resources. You can reach out to him um, through the LinkedIn platform, through the Twitter platform if you want some yep. of, his, of his materials. Highly encourage you to get them. Hey, Brian, we're going to get through this, man. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you. We'll talk soon. Yep. I was really glad to get to share this podcast with you today with my friend, Brian Willett. Brian has been a dear, dear friend, and I hope it came through in the podcast that you just listened to the deep level of respect and and love and admiration we have for each other. Brian's been a friend, a mentor, a sounding board for me over the years, and I am so glad we got to share that conversation with you. Again, follow Brian on Twitter, at bwillett79, connect with him on LinkedIn, Brian Willett it you will enjoy it he will add value to your linkedin network it'll be a great twitter follow as well my thanks as always to producer bryce sexton and technical advisor matt Mead. and the ultimate thanks goes to the lord jesus christ who provides intentional encouragement every day through his work and until next time remember everyone everywhere at any time and any place can be an intentional.